This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes. So before we jump into the second half of this end of season review episode, if you've missed the episode with Rob Law, we recorded with him um, prior to this. It was absolutely fantastic to speak to Rob, 40 minutes of, of brilliant content. So if, if you missed that, please do listen. Um, it's available on all usual platforms, a platform that you'll be listening to this on. Um, it'll be available there, offers fantastic insight. Um, you know, talking about the successes and and all the different things that have gone on um, this season. Then prior to this part that you're about to listen to, hopefully you've managed to um, take a look at part one of HFC Chat's end of season review 21-22. We spoke to Ben Forbes on that part and um, talked about a lot of different things as well um, that have come out of the club recently, some awards talk, um, but now we're about to go into the second half of HFC Chat's end of season review, starting off speaking to Mark Carroll and getting his thoughts on the 2021-22 season, our first back in the EFL for a long time. So we're delighted to welcome on to the ever-present Mark Carroll onto HFC Chat to end the season with some of his thoughts. I mean... First and foremost, how do you view this season, Mark? I think Jack here. Yeah, well, I think I mean overall, if we look at the big the big picture, overall I think we've we've had a pretty good season. I mean, I know the last sort of seven, eight games or so have been a bit of a drag. Um bit like we've been we've sort of like crawled over the finishing line on our hands and knees a bit. But the whole season, I don't think we were ever in any real danger of relegation. Um, I think we've adapted quite quite well. If you you know you look at the the things we've had to deal with before the season started, and then during the season, I think overall you'd probably say it's been a it's been a good first season back. If you look at how the season has finished, how does that compare to your initial expectations at the beginning of the season? Well, when I looked at those fixtures, at the the last the sort of fixtures we had against like Swindon, Port Vale, Salford. I was thinking, I hope when we play those teams, we don't, we're not in a relegation fight because some tough fixtures. And I'm pleased when we did play them, 
we didn't need, we went desperate for the three points because, as I say, towards the end of the season, we've we've not been um, not been at our best by a long shot. Having me able to fill the bench, um, pretty, pretty poor end. So I'm pleased that we've got majority of our points racked up. You know, by the time we played, by the time we were all out Newport, and that pretty much got our our league status secured. So yeah, as I say, I think we've done pretty. Pretty pretty well, but I'm just I was just relieved that those games at the end where we've just sort of peaked out, we our future wasn't on the line for those games. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's something that we've discussed, and we've also been talking about in this episode the whole like moment of the season. How would you pick that? I mean, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? There's been there's been one. a lot of good good moments that we've had, and that's a, a real positive because we haven't had much to shout about as you well know for for quite a long yeah. time. So. If you were to, and I mean, completely fine. If you can, if you discuss a few moments that you know stick in your mind, but if you could put it down to one specific moment, what would you go with? Uh, I think I'd probably go with um, Crystal Palace away. Um, more for the occasion, more for the, the the amount of support we had there the whole day. Um, it was just nice to be playing a, that sort of a sort of a stadium with a. With the, the atmosphere that we had around it, mm. um, after after sort of the tough places that we've been to, to have a little bit, um, but I think sort of one of the, one of the early high points was winning at Bradford City. Mm. Um, that you know we go to Bradford and first away win, um, you know that was that was a really good uh, a good evening down there. But I think you look at Crystal Palace, not for the game, but more for the for we deserve that. We we got to the FA Cup fourth round and we deserved a good day out in a, in a pretty much of a full house, um, and it was a chance for us to sort of um, showcase ourselves really. Obviously, Mark on Thursday night, the club announced that it had parted ways with manager Graham yeah. Lee. I mean, what was your first initial reaction when you saw that come through? Well, I think I like everything. I think I was I was surprised, very surprised that I, you know the results hadn't been good. The performances have been worse, but I still expected him to um, get the summer and you know recruit his own players and go through pre-season and get ready. But um, on either side, you can you, you know if you read Raj Singh's program notes for the um, I think it was the, the Swindon game, mm. um, they were pretty strong in regards to the. To the, the the team, and that includes the manager, um, that wasn't happy with some of the performances. And as I say, you look at the sort of last fifteen games we've played, we've picked up thirteen points, and we were fourth bottom of the form table. Mm. And there was two teams below us of two of the two of the teams that got relegated. So those fifteen games, we've just our form has just collapsed. Mm. Um, and that's why I was pleased we had the points in the bag earlier because. That could have cost us. So we know Raj Singh, um, especially his pre- previous club, he does go through a few managers. Um, I think we'd all agree the best one we've had since he came to Hills was Challoner. Mm. Um, and I, I said this to people in the National League and bored people with it, that, that, that we needed a manager in the National League who knew that league and knew the players. And when we had Challoner, that's when it turned for us. Mm. Um, and I'm sorry to see Graham Lee go. I was surprised to get the job in the first place, given the length of time it took. 
Um, but before he was appointed, I said, for me, we, where we are now, we need a League Two, League One manager mm. who, who knows the level, knows the players, recruitment, not reliant on loans from Middlesbrough and Newcastle too much. So I was surprised, but because I, I did think it was at the time, but there's obviously obviously the chairman's been concerned with the. Well, I wouldn't even say it was a dip. I would just say we've just collapsed, and I know we can use injuries as an excuse and this, that, and the other. But we've all watched the games, and in my opinion, I didn't see I didn't see a lot of players motivated to um, to do what Colchester did to us on Saturday. You know, Rochdale had nothing to play for like us when we played them. They looked they looked hungry for the three points where we haven't. You know, I don't mind getting beaten. We got beaten for likes of Salford, Port Vale, Swindon at home. We haven't scored a home goal for about four games. I don't mind. I can accept losing to teams, but I think the chairman's looked at the performances and thought we just we're not even we're not even being competitive really in those games. So he's decided to pull the trigger, and um, I think him and the people involved in recruitment have got to hold their hands up and say. That was a mistake then to put Graham Lee in charge, and now they need to to try again. And but what I don't want is, you know, I don't want us to go back to second going through two or three managers a season. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we had Chandler, we had we had some uh, we had we had that we had that stability. That's mm-hmm. what we need going forward. Yeah, I mean, I just ask you this question before I ask you about who you'd like to see in. You know, the the form took a massive downturn apart from Newport probably ever since yeah. um Leighton Orient uh, Leighton Orient well that was the following game the the Rotherham game in the cup and I just feel like that was kind of when the season started to when things started to fall apart so to speak do you think that played a part that the fact that we'd missed out on Wembley do you think there was an overhang in it and then it's kind of just carried on and then other things have come in yeah I don't know whether it's, that was one of the circumstances. There seemed to be a hangover from it, mm. but I think maybe it's what Marsh things looked at is he thought, well, okay, you know, this is where you, your manager and etc. and the coaching staff sort of earn the money to get those players, you know, get them back up off the floor. You know, we've got lots of games to play. We've, we've, you know, there's plenty of plenty of games to play, and there's there's plenty of points to get, um, and let's try and finish as high as we can in the league. Mm. But we just seem to. In malaise, we just seem to let that go on and go on and go on, and and make excuses when I didn't think you know that's the right thing to stop. You make mm-hmm. excuses mm-hmm. for people, you know. So yeah, as I say, I, I, th- I think since that Newport game, after that Newport game, whatever's happened, this this switch has been flicked. And uh, mm-hmm. as I say, at the start, it seems to me we've just like. You know, if we if we were a marathon runner, we would have we'd spent the last couple of hundred yards away from the finishing line on our hands and knees crawling across mm-hmm. the line. Um, so, not really, not really the best. But like we said before, Chandler, this is a big, this is another, this is another big appointment, and we've 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 said that a few times. Yeah, well, it leads me on perfectly to the next question. I mean, who would you like to see coming, and who would you realistically like to see coming? Because I think it's kind of two different things. A yeah. lot of, you well, know... it is, yeah, because we've had people like you know people mention Tony Mowbray, and I wouldn't say not a Tony Mowbray, but I'd be amazed from the drop from a Championship team mm. to League Two when you know I think his ambition is still to be managing 
getting their team in the Premier League. So play, people like that. I mean, Bradford City got Mark Hughes, but I think he spent three or four years out of the game. So there's a bit of a difference there. Mm. Um, I think we're looking at people who've managed in sort of this league, League Two. I mean, there's Michael Appleton, who's who, who's left Lincoln City at the end of his contract. And I think, by and large, he's, he's done, done well at Lincoln. They've gotten the playoffs last season. This season, they've sort of stayed up. And I would have thought Lincoln, that would have been, they'd have been happy with that, you know, to compete in League One. So he's... He's somebody that I think, you know, could could do a decent job. We've we've looked at we were looking at other people. There's there's, there's names being brought up. Um, who else are we who else are we looking at? We've got him, and I think there's there's been talk about like Robbie Stockdale, hasn't there, from Rochdale, yeah, which Pete I'm not Wilde too sure well. about. And I, I I don't know whether it's just me, but I keep when I, when I look at these people, they've got links to Middlesbrough. I'm thinking, mm. you know, I want to try and uh, I want to try and break this sort of uh, this vice, you know, that we we have to be linked to Middlesbrough and everything. So there's people like that. I mean, obviously there is there is a good manager in the National League, but then I've just said I want you know League One, League Two experience. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he's looking at people who are still maybe still in jobs as well. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask you about Luke Garrard. In managers that are still in work. What about Luke Garrard? Do you think he'd he'd be someone who you'd like to see? Obviously, he's brought um, a lot of success. Yeah. I, I, well, he's, I think he's a good manager. I, I I just think he seems to be very very comfortable at Boreham Wood. Mm. I get that impression that he seems to be very that fits him, he's very comfortable there and he just seems to be happy to um, to sort of stay there um, and do the job because obviously you look at, there's Pete Wilde there's not Halifax but they're in the playoffs, can we You know, people might say him, can we afford to wait for them to for their playoff campaign to finish which could be another two or three weeks um, so it's a sin. We'll, we'll, we want to be looking for. We want to be looking for the best experience we can find. Um, but obviously, then it comes down to what sort of a budget, you know. Because any any manager like that is going to ask what the budget's going to be. You know, are we going to be competitive? You'd hope. You'd hope so, given the income the club's received. That you know can give us a bit more of a improve the budget this season from last season. Um, so. Those sort of those sort of we've we've gone through some realistic and some ambitious ones, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's somebody we've not uh, we've learned this thing now. It's probably somebody that we uh, we've never given a thought to. Well, <clears throat> it's just a waiting game at the moment. We did mention intriguingly previously and earlier on that the the odds on Tony Mowbray were slashed. To evens, but like we say, it is just a waiting game. But finally, Mark, what do you think pools need to change in order to be a top ten team next season? Well, we'll start. We'll start at the top, and say we need we need some strikers. You know, everybody says that, but last season we lost we lost a heck of a lot of goals, and what did we replace them with? Mm. Not a lot, did we? You know, any we we didn't just lose one good goal scorer; we lost two. And we didn't replace them. Um, we weren't prepared to pay the going rate for them, which I'm afraid to say 
you know, you have to. You don't lose someone like Reese Oates. Whatever people have said about him this season, you don't lose a player like Reese Oates, um, and you're not prepared to pay him a certain amount of money and expect to replace him for less than you want to pay him. Mm. You know, it's going to cost you the same as he's gone to Mansfield for, or more. You know, to get somebody out of contract or actually buy somebody. So we need better strikers because because say Bogle, Jerry's out still on him. Mm. Um, Molyneux, I'd probably, I, I, I do expect him to, to be gone. Um, Olamola, no good, unfortunately. Joe Gray, good potential there. So for me, we need another couple of strikers. I think midfield we need, depending on which way the new manager wants to play, because I think this team is built to play 3-5-2. Um, we definitely need three midfield who can who can put the foot in and leave the foot leave the foot in as well. Mm. You know, a bit of aggression in there. Um and a bit of creativity in there. And then it depends on if we're going to play 3-5-2, whether we need to look at bringing some wingers in. Um, it's quite a, quite a big rebuild, this. You know, we're going to, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through this, but this is quite a big rebuild we're going to need. We have to look at, I don't think we need to worry about the full-backs, but defenders, certain defenders we need to look at. Um, and def- definitely, definitely one more, if Killip stays, one more, very good goalkeeper because I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put stick my neck out and say I think Killip's had it far too comfortable for a good couple of seasons and whatever people think about him I don't think many people can deny he hasn't really had a proper challenge for the number one spot and that's what I want to see him under some proper pressure rather than bringing in you know the main the main kids on loan um, to just sit on the bench so I think it's quite a lot. I think we're looking at could we look at about double figures in place to bring in. It's quite funny, just before we end this little segment, you obviously you mentioned there about Omar Bogle and stuff like that. And in the last few weeks I've been quite quite interactive with people who opinionate on Omar Bogle. But do you think it's fair uh-huh. to say that the service in Omar Bogle has probably been quite poor? Yeah. I I, I, I think that there has been some Pretty poor service because I say I think you look look at the last not the last home, well even the last home game but the home game before against Swindon you had a midfield of Martin Smith Shelton Crawford now that's that's there's, there's not a lot of creativity in there because I know I mean I like Crawford I know you two like Crawford <laughs> but I don't think any of us could say that. The Crawford's a player who's going to like out, you know, going to break from the field and outrun anybody, is he? You know, he's good on the ball, good passer, but I don't think he's got that blistering pace to like break away from mm. somebody. Um, and Shelton, um, I, my opinion, I don't think he's good enough for this level. Um, I, I, I praise him for the National League. I think he's a good player there. Never forget what he did, but I don't think he's good enough for League Two, unfortunately. Martin Smith, not good enough. So I, I think so from the midfield, um, they need to be better service. But I think even maybe Bogle needs a better partner up front with them. You know, I don't think we've I don't think we've really seen a good sort of partner for Bogle because we've had we've had a few people like Olamola there on Saturday. He does a lot of work, but not much else. We've had Carve up front, and I think both they're not suited to play together. So I think he does need more support and I'm hoping that when he has a proper pre-season, you know, more fitness into him, 
he can he can do something because you know he's got another two years left here, um, and he's got that ped- he's got the background. So I'm hoping maybe he's a new manager, different way of playing. We can we can get more out of him, um, but I do think he needs to give a bit more as well. It's not all just about the service into him. I think there's games I watch where I thought he could do he could do a bit more for the for the team. Yeah, that was something I was just going to mention. Um, obviously, there's a lot of factors that come into it. You've got to have the balls into the box. You've got to, you know, have that work rate as well. And and for me, I just think he's a bit of a he's a bit of a lazy player. I think he doesn't really try to win his aerial battles. He he doesn't. You don't see him sprinting into the box like Scunthorpe. There was numerous chances, and I I can see him missing this chance he had, which he literally just had to put it in the net, and he like. Just like half hit it on his left foot straight into the keeper's hands. I think yeah. personally for me, there's a bit of a you know shake up needs and like he needs a bit of kick of the ass really just yeah. to, it, with his I attitude. Think you look at the game on Saturday, they had um, a kindy up front, yeah. and he was just a unit, mm. you know. And he didn't do he didn't do a massive amount, and but what he did is he he he, he messed our defenders about. You know, he got in even when he didn't win the ball in the air, he did enough. To put people off or to nudge people off the ball for the players, and that's what I want to see Bogle do more. Of. I want to see him do more, be more aggressive mm. with the ball. When he's got the ball, hold the ball, hold it, or win a free kick. Mm. You know, mm. you've got to be a bit more aggressive in that aspect of it. So there is a service into him, but I agree he needs to do more when the ball's up top end of the pitch to make the ball stick or mess their defenders around. Be a bit more of a pain in the backside, to be honest. But I say we need, we do need a, we do need to add a bit more quality. And you know, last season we could understand the, the close season we had. We we would have missed out on players, and we didn't have a lot of time. But this is where we've got the time. We've got players out of contract, and whoever's going to do the return list, um, we'll we'll see what who's let go and who who you know who else we don't know about gets contract offers to them mm. um, but as I say you know there, there, there is uh, there is a lot of work to do and I think there might be one or two players there who've got us into this into the league that we might have to say goodbye to yeah well Mark it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on once again thank you for all your contributions throughout the season and we'll look forward to speaking to you in either pre-season or, or when the new new campaign begins yeah, I tell you, we both have a bit of a break now. We need, I think we all need a bit of a recharge. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much, Mark. So now it's time to go into the final part of this end-of-season special um, that we have recorded. We'll last talk about Colchester, obviously a really negative result and a, a really disappointing way to end the season, let, let's put it that way. But here we go, back for the final part of HFC Chat End-of-Season Review 21-22. So obviously we're quite negative there, um, but probably just very brutally honest um, about Colchester and the end to the season. But let's have a look back um, over the season that we've had the campaign. And and, uh, we asked you a few things throughout the week. Thank you once again for everyone who's uh, contributed. The first thing was uh, we asked, it had a certain few caveats to it. um, And as I said, thank you to everyone who's replied. So first of all, unsung hero Adam Pinder said... Nicky Featherston, Jack Anderson said Neil Byrne, Ellen Hornsey, Ben Killip, Dougie has said Neil Byrne, 
Ollie's Neil Byrne and Kenny's Fed. So a, f a few names there, but quite, you know, pretty common um, answers in terms of um, the amount of people that have mentioned the same name. Um, unsung hero for you. Who are you going with? I said Neil Byrne. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on that. I think he's coming to his own, really. Um, and then winner of the season, we've got uh, Blackpool, Newport away, Jack Anderson. Um, Harrogate at home, Ellen. Harrogate at home, Dougie. Blackpool at home, Ollie. Uh, another Harrogate at home from Kenny. Um, Charlton, Mike Driver said. Obviously, Papa John's. Um, Barrett at home from Jordan Thornhill. So yeah, there's been a lot there mentioned. Win of the season for you? Intriguingly, I went against probably the general consensus. I said Bradford away. 3-1. Oh, good. Tuesday night. Yeah, that was a good game, that. That was, yeah, because we were struggling a lot away from home. I was going to say, our first away win of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, honestly, I think my dad would agree with you on that one. He's talked about that a lot. Um, for me, win of the season. It's a difficult one. Mm. I think probably I mean I love beating Carlisle like we all do can't stand them but Harrogate I think the circumstances being 2-0 down how we did to come back it was it was just absolutely incredible in the scenes that were um at the Vic that day but obviously like Blackpool and stuff was fantastic in the cup to set up the Tower Palace and yeah there's been some fantastic wins um this season I mean flop of the season I'm not here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of our mates here, Jack Anderson, he's put God's number nine. And, yeah, I mean, that's deluded. But um, we all know who that means. I'm right. being genuinely serious when I say this. I, I'd, Honestly, I don't think I've ever wanted a Pills player to succeed more than Mike Fondo. <laughs> he, was, he was just, yeah, he was just a bit of a laugh, wasn't he? I mean, to be coming onto the training pitch and going, shoes like... Really? I mean, obviously, he's a good character to have around the squad if you wanted a laugh, but not someone... I mean, it's quality. Obviously, he wasn't very good for us. He goes on to Oldham and, and scores, I think, one of his first games, two goals at Newport. I mean, and they were, they were good, and it was it was quite good to see him celebrating it. It was funny. I think he probably... You know what? I think he may have struggled with the fact that he probably knew a lot of Pulse fans didn't rate him at all and just saw him as a bit of a... A joke, to be honest. I think that's probably affected him as well. But I think the final nail of the coffin, he had an opportunity to potentially prove that he wasn't just this guy who <laughs> walked around the place doing sues. Choke slamming people yeah, at Sheffield. RKO and people at Hillsborough. Do you know what I mean? The opportunity did come to him, in fairness. Blackpool at home. It was one-on-one. -on -one. And he just put it straight to the keeper's hand. That was the opportunity for me personally. I think that was the final nail in the coffin. I think his... that's one of the best pictures that's ever been taken of Pose fond up in on goal. And uh, and everyone with their hands on the head just waiting. It would have been absolute limbs. Um, yeah. So the flop of the season, I think Mike Fondop's pretty obvious answer. Goal of the season, I mean, again, literally everyone's saying Molyneux against Harrogate. I mean, it's hard to look. Definitely. Any further than that, isn't it? I unbelievable. Mean, I mean, Joe Gray, hands on heads, just like phew, unbelievable. But we've seen some good goals this season. Ferguson's free kick against Newport. Uh, Joe Gray, that lob at home to Rotherham. Well, there's been. I plenty. think Molyneux scored a good one against Barrow at home. Yeah, he scored a lot from that cutting in. I mean, trademark on the right hand side, cutting in, left foot, 
Gav Houlihan, Carlisle, oh, unbelievable finish. Rob Law, obviously. He said I was that quite that was surprised, actually, when I look back on that goal of the season video. Pretty much all of them were actually pretty good. Oh, they were top tier. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were good. Um, player of the season, we've discussed this. Everybody's discussed this. Luke Molyneux. Can't look much further, really, can you, to be honest? And then signing of the season, definitely for me, and I agree with you know, Kenny, uh, Dougie, Ellen again, Ando didn't say that. He said Bogle, hopefully proves me right next season. Um, but Neil Byrne, Adam Pinde said Neil Byrne there. I think he's been an absolute rock. Um, for me, I I couldn't I couldn't look anywhere else. Like he's just so so. I think genuinely, a bit away from the topic that we're discussing now, but captaincy material. What are you thinking? Without doubt, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. And obviously, Feversley um, is obviously captain at the moment, not club captain. But without a shadow of a doubt, if if he's to stay here for the long term, and we can maybe have him for another, I don't know, hypothetically, what no three four years, and mm. I could definitely see Neil Burma. I think he's been really underappreciated this year. Oh, definitely, dark horse quality think, player. Uh, yeah, without doubt, unbelievable signing. So yeah, I think that was. I mean, someone here, and I know Rob Law said it yesterday, was Ferguson. Obviously, he signed a new deal. Um, so we can kind of allow that. But yeah, Neil Byrne, I think, I think was the obvious with that. Um, and then most improved player, we won't, we won't discuss this now because we've, we've touched on it with Rob. We've touched on it earlier on in the episode. But um, loads of mentions for Timmy and Crawford. Uh, you'd struggle to look anywhere else, really. Um, so that ties up like the, the um, all of that type stuff. But we've got one more thing which we'll lead on nicely now. Um, to moment of the season, we'll do the fans ones first, and then we'll, then we'll do ours. Um, Jack Anderson said the second goal against Rotherham ended up on the deck in the Millhouse Terrace, being booted all over. But it was the first time I genuinely believed <laughs> Wembley was on the cards in brackets, although it wasn't to be. I mean that was heartbreaking. But I remember running across and just seeing him and uh, another of our friends just lying on the floor, just in the moment. Um, so that was one of them. Um, you've mentioned this one, funnily enough, Fondot one-on-one against Blackpool when everyone thought he was finally going to slot one away. I think this one sums it up perfectly. Well, there's a couple here, actually, but Harry Bellamy has said Crystal Palace away. To see our level of support at Premier League ground with the atmosphere created and applauded it got, plus that moment at the end with the fans and the players was very special and something I won't forget. And you, you can't argue with that. And then someone said, just being back in the league where we should be. You know, there's been special moments. Um, there really has this season. Um, you know, it's difficult to pick a personal one. Um, when I look at it, if I... Palace is an obvious one. I mean, I think if we'd beaten Rotherham, that would have been my moment of the season to finally get to Wembley. Um, but you know what? I think... I think we'll go with, we will go with Palace for myself. Um just, you know, how far we've come as a club to be on the brink of going bust but then four years later to be going to a Premier League club taking nearly five thousand fans and we didn't embarrass ourselves. We lost two nil, we we played pretty well. Um and you know, I, I think it was just so special to be there as well with mates who I've been going to pools with for a while now and and to share that moment with them was was incredible. So for me, I'll go with Palace, but I think 
another one and it's kind of an off pitch and it's probably weird because it comes after Scunthorpe away where we were you know very poor again but that moment with the players there just take them just stood there taking it all in Scunthorpe had come out well they'd gone in they'd come back out they'd done the lap of honour type appreciation thing not that many fans were left to appreciate it or whether the fans appreciated it in the first place unfortunately they're in the National League now and as you said we hope we hope they'll be back. Um, but, they, you know, to us still be there singing um, and sharing that time with the fan, with the players and fellow fans and, and also, like, talking to some of the players after. I know there was some video going round about Fergie and Raves. I'm not, I, I've seen the video, can't remember exactly what's being said, but it was just great to be able to have a few moments and, and um, you know, for the players to be able to really see, even though it's not... Nothing to play for game, not a massive game, but we're there in our numbers backing you and we always will. So yeah, I think I think that's kind of an off the pitch moment for me, to be honest. So I know you'll go, mm and ah quite a bit here thinking about uh who you're gonna go for well, what you're gonna go for as your moment of the season, but where where are your thoughts? I mean, funnily enough, I think it's quite hard to go against the obvious answers, which would be Crystal Palace away, which was just it's funny actually because obviously I was probably one of the very few who thought, oh, is it a good draw? But isn't it? But after actually being there, you know, all just the full day of it, it was unbelievable to actually say, What are you doing today? I'm going to Crystal Palace. Mm. I mean, whenever did you mm. think you'd actually look? I know, I mean, I wanted what you know, we all probably wanted the, the, the you know, yeah, you, you're elite clubs of the Premier League, but having. Got you know, been down to Palace, experienced it all, and everything they did for us as well. Yeah, look, it's we've established now a great connection mm. on and off the pitch with Crystal Palace, and I'm sure we'll all be looking out for Crystal Palace in the future, and etc. etc. But Crystal Palace, I think, was just second to none, and Rotherham as well. Um, I mm. think we it was just heartbreaking to go out in probably the the cruelest of ways. Mm. You know, penalty shootout, but that atmosphere, Victoria Park, I think was. Well, it was I haven't experienced no, it. I've got no words for that. Yeah, well, I was wondering what, what you were going to no. come out with. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, no, you're right. Seeing the stand actually physically moving, mm. it was absolutely phenomenal. And like I say, the, the trip to Wembley would have just topped it off, but I, I can't distinguish between the two. I would say. The moments would be definitely Palace away and, and Rotherham at home. Well, as you say, we can't. It's so hard to pick one moment because you even like Crawley at home, being back in the football league, winning. We've got Carlisle at home beating them. We've got Harrogate that comeback. We've got Bradford away. I mean, obviously, those probably aren't as at the level of Crystal Palace, but there's been so much positive stuff to look back on. And I think that's why I wanted to put this section straight after Colchester because obviously we've we've been brutally honest and a bit negative but then we look at all the positives that we've had this season it's just been just been brilliant I think you know that that pushes us on towards our hopes for next season and I think everything is kind we're not hanging on this managerial appointment but I know you've just told me that Tony Mowbray's odds are being slashed to evens I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get my hopes up and betting's betting. As I said to you the other day, I said the favourite at the Grand National might not win the Grand National. But to see that getting slashed, we'd be happy to see him there. So I think, you know, a lot is holding on that. And then 
Also, who we can tie down. I think that's going to be massive. And obviously, who we can get in. I mean, they're all obvious answers, but retaining the core of this squad, for me, is just so important because there is so much potential in that squad. If we have the right manager who can bring the the right things out of out of the team i genuinely believe next season we can be a playoff team honestly that's not me being like just hopeful and and looking through rose tinted glasses that's genuine i think we can we've shown it we've shown that we can compete with the best in our league we've we've played some really good football we we've i mean our, our record against league 1 clubs says a lot um obviously there's the underdog thing but I really think next season with the right manager, with the right investment, I think investment is a massive thing, and with a, a key players in the core of the squad retained, I think we can push on to the playoffs. I mean, even if we were to finish top 10, I think would be really good because at the end of the day, we want to finish as high as we can, but we've got to look back as well. It's always about looking forward, but we've got to look where we've come from. I think in our case as well. I, I don't know whether you are on board with the whole playoff talk for next season or whether you're more of well, look where we've where we finished this season, a top ten would be would be fantastic and, and I'd be happy with that. Or mid table even top twelve. I think like you've just said, a lot is ripe on disappointment. Um well funny enough it goes back to what Roy Kelly said. It was our tweet he replied to when he said that You've got to be adding to the squad, not ripping it apart. Mm, not mm. you've got to be keeping, like you've said, a good bulk of this squad, like you've just said, which is very compatible, and just keep adding to it. I think I'm not going to say too much because, like I've said, I think the appointment will say a lot. Mm. But I would like, at the very least, to for us to push for the highest possible finish. Not necessarily. If we can go towards the direction of the playoff area, then that's unbelievable. But it is our second season back in the football league. I'm not going to be like all of a sudden demanding that we're up there. But I think if we can keep hold of a good percent of this squad, mm. plus a good football league quality additions, not just, again, no disrespect to the football club, but not just like kids from Middlesbrough's youth team or mm. reserves or Middlesbrough or Newcastle or Sunderland, whatever, good football league quality signings, a good manager, who knows, but for me, at the very least, we need to be pushing for the highest possible finish and then if we can get ourselves to that point, who knows what, what the rest, you know. Yeah, well, fresh news out about season tickets. Um, we'll we'll finish the we'll wrap up the podcast on this note. Um, season ticket prices have been released. Adults early bird three hundred forty pound concessions. There's quite a few that fall under concessions. Uh, two hundred sixty pound under eighteen hundred five pound under fourteen seventy and then your under fives and your carers are free. Obviously, there's a there's a slight increase in price, um, there, but you know. <laughs> The Pools fans are, are absolutely fantastic. They they always back the club in COVID times. In, um, you know, in going to the national league, people still will back the lads. And you know, it's good that we've released that early on. Um, that that detail, and hopefully we can get plenty of people, um, behind that. But the thing that I'm most excited about is this memberships 
scheme that they've brought out. I think it's something that we've been crying out for for a very long time now. And, and I know uh, Stephen Obin touched on it um, when, when we had that interview with him. I'll just read you the article here. And um, Hartlepool United launched adult and junior memberships for the 22-23 season. Um, it's to reward supporters with a with a range of benefits and, and for their ongoing uh, support. So basically a loyalty scheme. Following feedback from our supporters last season, the club have acted to ensure that we have a fair and transparent system in place next season, which will enable supporters to purchase away tickets in the fairest way together while receiving further rewards for continued loyalty and support. And one thing that I love about this is that they've priced it really reasonably. Adult memberships are priced just £20 and juniors, which is under 18s, at a tenner. So if you adult membership, you get 250 loyalty points, 10% discount in the new area retail hub, 10% discount on match day hospitality, an exclusive invitation, open training session um, during pre-season to meet and greet the new 22-23 squad. And for juniors, you get your 250 loyalty points, 10% discount in the new area retail hub, personalised birthday card sent in the post signed by an entire first team squad, exclusive invitation to open training session during pre-season and a photo with Hangus. Both memberships will unlock further benefits throughout the course of the season. And, you know, I think it's something that's been um, coming for a long time. There's different tiers. So if you purchase a membership, you get 250 points. Season ticket is 500, is 500 points. So if you had a season ticket and a membership, you'd be getting 750 then if you buy a home ticket, you get 20 and an away ticket is 20. I think it's something that we've needed for a long time. I'm not saying that we're always like selling out away games, but there's been points this season where it has been calling for that. Um, so it's great, great bit of news to come out of the club. And, and I'm glad that, you know, Stephen's been able to act on what, what he said and, and he's delivered that to us. And, and fingers crossed, lots of people will, will take it up because I think it's something that it gets some money into the club. And it also... As, as was said, enables a fair system for for away games. Yeah, I mean, I've been very opinionated this season. I think the, the biggest point for everyone was obviously the, the debacle over Harrogate. Um, but just things like that. You know, I was down at Colchester on the Tuesday night. I've come back. I haven't been able to get one. You know, obviously, like I've just kind of said there, obviously I was very vocal on Twitter in, in my frustration, disappointment at the fact that IE... Like I said, it wasn't even the fact that I didn't get one. It was the fact that I we were away on the Tuesday night and then they've released it, you know, first thing on the Wednesday morning. And obviously there was quite a few loyal fans who go up and down this country following our beloved pools. And, you know, I literally got a ticket on the Friday night, the night before, um, very kindly by one of the members of the Northwest Corner. But yeah, like you've said, long time coming. Um, like you say, it's, it's not something that's going to be used probably frequently. But it's it's always important to have a system in place for where you have these moments like IE Harrogate of a reduced away allocation and maybe big cup games. It's always important, I think, to have a fair system in place so you can look at things and think, right, this is how we're going to do it. But also future ambitions of the club as well. If we're oh. wanting to be going up leagues and and you know if we if we get promoted again and you're playing the likes of Bolton and. Sheffield Wednesday and, and teams like this in, in the league above you're going to want these lately because people will want to go and you know at the end of the day it, as harsh as it sounds there are people who go week in week out or as often as possible and pay a lot of money into the club and are missing out on a ticket or 
are struggling to get hold of a ticket but then there's people who just go for the occasions which is going to happen and i'm of the view that you know well if they do go at least they're supporting the lads you know but people are missing out so i think it's so 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 important that we've got this loyalty not only just for cup games and, and things like that whether we get to wembley and a papa john's or playoffs or whatever but also for future ambitions of the club it needs to be a profession as professional on the pitch as it is you know it needs to be off the pitch as well completely agree completely agree so i guess that wraps up the whole season um of podcasts as well hufc chat we we really it'd be wrong to finish on any other note but to thank every single one of you who has continually supported us whether you've seen us at games and and had a word with us or or said oh thanks for what you do we really enjoy listening to the podcast or you know whatever it is in any way whether you've liked our tweets whether you've interacted with us more on comments whether you've come on the podcast to the many guests that we've had many thanks for that um you know and all of this is is so so greatly appreciated by both of us obviously it does take time to plan these episodes and, and pull it all together and edit it and and get it uploaded and, and to have your interaction and and to have your support means an awful lot so we just wanted to thank thank you for that and thank you for enabling us to have a platform to share that i don't know whether there's anything you want to just finish on no i completely agree i think the the traction we've had this season has been absolutely phenomenal i'm just looking there 761 followers mm-hmm. um like i say it's no secret without the the, inter- the interaction of you viewers, these episodes wouldn't be possible, the the content that we do wouldn't be possible, so yeah, I echo everything that you've just said and we can't wait to get producing again over the summer and hopefully again next season. Well, I guess there is no other way to end an episode of HFC Chat other than saying keep the faith, back the boys and never say die. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.